Welcome to the infected. Infect me. Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Good night, children of Necropolis. Hey, this is not a test. This is goth and roll. Time to rocket from the cradle to the crypt. We are the infected. And tonight we will infect you. Is that me or does that sound like a the the song? Is it a little too late for being this loud? Hey, too late, it's 1-0-0. And what's the O stand for? Oh, oh my god, it's late. Anyway, this infection is one for life. It's the infection with the love of music. Let us infect you with strange music, wild music, music you will want to share. And if you do, you'll join our legion and spread the infection with us. Sweet music, dark music. We have tracks lined up for you so fresh that they still need their umbilical cord snipped. But first, we'll take you back, further back, to a distant past where post-punk seeds were sown. This is a song about disappointment, bleak but haunting. This is Pale Shelter. Infected Classic.
man, what a great opener, Jeroen. Not only the energetic uh, intro, but also this this song, Pale Shelter. Man, I love almost everything that uh, Tears for Fears have made, in all honesty. From from this first album, The Hurting, until the audiophile quality of the, the later one, The Seeds of Love, 1989, with Olida Adams, you know that one? Yeah, yeah, lovely. Bit more commercial and less bleak than the, the first work. Big fan for sure. I love the sound quality actually. It's a 1983 track and uh, when you play it loud today, it still sounds like it was yeah. produced um, just now. It is. Uh, it definitely sounds like that. And what I did with that um, Sowing the Seeds of Love album or also the, the second one, Songs from the Big Chair. <laughs> it's funny that you should mention it, how great it sounds. I used it as like reference records to test out new stylus for my turntable or new turntable equipment because yeah, I love it. you I can't love it. go higher quality. Are they still together? Because the big story was that they broke up after three very successful albums, but I'm um, not sure if they got back together in the end, Roland and uh, Kurt. No, me neither. I'm not sure. Yeah. This is uh, a song actually that uh, was released and did nothing as a single. It's our first single ever. Mm. This is the first time, it was in 1982 when they released it, March 1982, under the title Pale Shelter. And it totally filled the chart. After they had Mad World and Change enter the hit parades, they tried again. And then they got the second single version into the hit parade as well. And that's all taken from the debut album, The Hurting, uh, that you just mentioned, of yeah. course. Also great artwork, by the way. This, this kid bending over, head in his palms, like he's carrying all the weight of the world already. Yeah, it's definitely not a commercial choice, but uh, it's one that perfectly conveys the emotion of the album, I do think. Artwork was an important inspiration uh, for them. This track, Pale Shelter, is also uh, inspired in part by a piece of art. There's a, a picture, and I'm sure you're a connoisseur, so you've already seen the uh, picture probably by uh, Henry Moore. I saw it. Pale Shelter. Certainly pale, certainly pale, yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful yet haunting uh, picture mm -hmm. during the raids in the Second World War. Uh, the shelter is uh, in the uh, underground in London probably. Impressive uh, painting as well. It's one that uh, Roland saw when he was uh, working on this song mm -hmm. and uh, which also uh, lent its title uh, to the song. Actually, uh, funnily enough, Roland Orzabal explained that the tune is kind of a love song, though more referring to one's parents than to mm. a girl. Okay. <laughs> Which uh, <laughs> gives it a completely new uh, new meaning, so now you can listen to yes. it again and try and figure out uh, what's wrong with those parents. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to. Yeah. But it's certainly no punishment. No. Although Orzabal did write the tune, it's actually sung by fellow Tears for Fears vocalist Kurt Smith. It took me a while to figure out uh, who I was listening to when because uh, they take turns and sometimes even within a track they uh, do separate sections after one another. I found out that deciding which of the two leads would sing a particular song often was down to the tone of voice. Okay. If it's a softer song, it's normally uh, Smith. And if the song requires being belted, it's normally Roland Orzabal. Interesting. So Smith's voice is a lot darker and a bit more melancholic, and Roland is more of a shouter. He's trying to uh, make a point usually, which is very loud. So those differences uh, in their voices, you can basically hear with Mad World and Pale Shelter and Change, wanting to be more melancholic and softer, not being sung by Orzabal, but being sung by Kurt Smith. <laughs> now I'm gonna listen to it a lot more tracks probably when knowing this, see if I can pick out who's singing what <laughs> section. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it's also funny, I always wonder, you know, how do people come up with a song like this? In this case, uh, Roland Orzabal said on how the song came together that he just kept playing two chords for weeks and weeks and he knew something was there. It is. And then one morning, he woke up and sang the tune and the words just like that. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's an inspired work of art and I, I really love it and um, it's a, a warm welcome, a familiar welcome for our listeners, a way to ease them into uh, this episode of The Infected. But um, let the past be the past and let's move on. Yeah, it's certainly a soft and great landing as a first one and um, right now let's listen to something that's uh, maybe less pale and more sunny sounding. I'm talking about Das M with the track Im Sommer. Und tanzen nicht mal krach. Im 
Sommer sitze ich oft am Dach Musik und Tanzen, ich mach Dach Die Leute schauen zum Dach hinaus Wann hört er endlich wieder auf? Im Sommer, im Sommer, im Sommer, im Sommer, im Sommer choice half really really love it glad to hear <laughs> glad to hear that the weather was so nice in the netherlands for the last two weeks i'm not sure where you are dear listener but it was almost summer here and i was having a closer look at my ridiculously long youtube playlist i rediscovered this track from 2010 after scrolling down for some uh, for some time uh, i forgot about das m but uh, have been enjoying it uh, and playing it extensively for the last two weeks and the track is Hard to describe or uh, certainly does not fit into one specific genre label, I think. Das M is a solo project from Martin Heidinger from Austria. And Martin released many cassettes featuring many electronic musical styles in the early 90s under multiple names. There's little to no information on him. Uh, did manage to dig up some background though. Together with a partner, Martin founded uh, his own record label, Toytronic. A label that eventually stopped because they focused more on music and artwork and not so much on the business part of running a label. Hmm. Almost sounds like the factory record story, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so under the alias Das M, Martin produces a lovely mixture of catchy electro pop with German lyrics. Song also has some references maybe to Kraftwerk. What I mean by that is the minimal use of instruments but a maximum of emotion and power through well thought out melodies and arrangements. So it feels like uh, he simply recorded the music that he likes, also sounds very effortless, but of course it isn't. And the lyrics can be translated like, in summer, I like to lay on the grass and watch people passing by, daydreaming about nothing. I don't want to go to work anymore. <laughs> so it's a bit of light-hearted uh, song, light-hearted text. Also a bit of melancholy in there, very catchy stuff. Yeah, I like it. It's very understated as well, uh, like the 
the second part where he sings um, in summer you can find me on the beach i'll be drawing signs in the sand and later you can see me in the water yes sir the simplicity uh, and the imagery is sort of laid back in a way that almost makes you feel the sun yeah well said and i think we're all uh, longing for for summertime again and hopefully uh, the ability to go out more and uh, return back to normal but maybe that's idle hope we'll see this is something that we all feel I see everybody, you know, booking all the days, uh, longing for the sun. People standing outside in the weekend, uh, going to town. And obviously all the shops are closed, but then you have these restaurants that have a, a little table in front and they are selling uh, some sweets or uh, some coffee or whatever. And everybody's just walking around. There's nothing to do. You can't buy anything. Uh, I mean, how many cups of coffee can you get on yeah. one trip, right? But still, uh, people <laughs> treat it like it's a festival when there's just a ray of sunshine. We all want to be, you know, back in the sun. That's uh, where we want to go. Back to normal back in the sun exactly uh, moving on from this pale void that we've been traversing yeah yep for now we can go to supermarkets here in the netherlands and uh, pet stores are also open yeah. jeroen and i both have a yellow labrador male so we can uh, sometimes go to pet stores and, and that's that's the treat we get basically yeah. Yeah. and the supermarkets yeah. that's it <laughs> matching dogs people it's the new black matching dogs <laughs> <laughs> All right, so talking of the Netherlands, actually, uh, I want to introduce our listeners to a Dutch band called the Ambassade, if that's okay with you, Hugo. Yes, of course. Please do. And the Ambassade actually means the embassy. Yes, you guessed it. And this uh, track is uh, something that I wanted to uh, discuss because it was just re-released as a white vinyl repress. This uh, officially was the first sound that came from the Ambassade in uh, 2016. Uh, it was a, an EP back then called Geen Genade. And it's not okay if you cannot <laughs> pronounce this, because uh, you probably need to be Dutch to say Geen Genade. Yes, the G G. <laughs> no mercy is what it's uh, translated. Like, yeah. And this uh, wide final repress looks really good. Uh, there's still a couple on sale. It's mastered by Route 66 Golf. Did you uh, know that? Yes. No, I didn't. But I did know that Root is into the mastering business quite uh, heavily. So it was uh, remastered and uh, uh, it's out now uh, as a celebration of the first five years of the band. It has distinctive gloomy melodies and echoing cold Dutch vocals. Back then the band was just Pascal. Today the Ambassade are Pascal on vocals, Anik on keys and Jippe on bass. Pascal is also active as an electronic DJ under the name Dolkraut. He's actually more famous under that name, but I like this better. Yip is also the bass player of a hard rock band. And Anik also performs as an electronic live act and DJs under the name of Alberta Balsam. Hmm. So <laughs> the three of them unfortunately did not get much time to play together last year in 2020 as Pascal's studio is in Amsterdam and Yip and Anik are both from different towns. They ended up canceling their practices because it just was too tricky. But still they've been writing new music. If you look at the, the sort of work that they create, Pascal's lyrics have been described as dystopian before. Mm -hmm. And many things that have happened this last year do fit into that picture of a dystopian world. Yeah. Pascal himself said people's reactions to it, conspiracy theories and how conversations about important topics have been shaped by the fact that they're happening on social media. I've been thinking a lot about how social media and how our phones affect our being. And we've been talking a lot about it amongst the three of us as well. We have our doubts about how social social media actually is. One example is the polarizing effect of social media's algorithms within social and political debates or issues. These phenomenons are all food for thought, and that means they're good food for songwriting. And the same goes for something like loneliness. It sucks, but once you start writing about it, you can get completely lost in it. Also a great source for inspiration, I guess. Yeah, and for us, a great source of our fans, because many of you have come to know about the infected through social media, so I guess it's not all bad. No, it's not all bad, but I get what he's saying. Also, the the show on Netflix, Black Mirror, Black Mirror being our little black smartphone screen, obviously. Uh, you can definitely criticize on the impact of social media on, on society. But yeah, I think it's too late to go back. <laughs> so we're gonna yeah have to work with it as a society. It's not go. It's not going away anymore. No, we're just gonna have to deal, right? Yeah, that's true. By the way. Root 66 did the mastering after all the years of uh, Root's acid performances and DJ sets. I'm hoping that his ears are still okay. <laughs> so if you're in the mastering business, you gotta have a really solid uh, hearing, but uh, I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, me too. Let's listen to it, shall we? Hi, this is the Ambassade, and you're listening to The Infected. Next up is Geen Genade.
Yeah, I really like this nice minimalistic take on synth pop and post-punk, especially that drippy, short spring reverb on the drum sounds. You just mentioned it sounds like it's coming from a well. That's like that short spring reverb thing that you also hear in uh, surf guitar rock uh, a lot of times. It's very nice. Also like the Dutch lyrics. It's quite rare that uh, Dutch bands in this genre uh, sing in, in Dutch, actually. Usually they tend to go to, uh, to English. So it's, uh, it's nice. So Pascal uh, said about that, uh, that he likes uh, being able to tell his story in a different way in Dutch. Um, mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the fact uh, that it's his first language. It's about the sound. Dutch feels stiff and strict. And some of the consonants are remarkably harsh, like the G, for example. And he just feels like he can put a bit more force into it that way. Yeah. And that the story with the lyrics gets lost in translation or no translation doesn't bother Pascal at all. To him, it's just fantastic that it leaves space for people to completely interpret the lyrics in their own way. The thought of it just makes him happy. Everyone should interpret the work as they want to. And if the meaning they take away from it makes them happy, my work is done. That's what he says. Perfect. I also like the way that the vocals are just balanced well enough so they mix with the synth sounds. You can pick up on the lyrics, you can hear what he's saying, if you understand Dutch, but <laughs> still it's blended in nicely. Yeah, and I, I, I know that you really like analog synths. These guys also have a strong preference for analog gear over more digitized setups. Okay, cool. Anik says, our choice for analog gear is purely a choice for the sound of the synths. The sound we create and want to carry out on our records is very much a throwback to the past. So aesthetically, I guess using analog synths is quite obvious. Of course, for Jeppe as a bass player, there's no other option than going analog. Making music on a stage just gets some sort of authentic image through instruments, which fits the image we're creating of the ambassade and how we are as musicians. They feel they want to stay away from the easiness of technology sometimes for the sake of the bigger piece that we're trying to create, which is a bit more human than electronic music in itself. Indeed, it's the color of the sound of synths that's crucial in the end. Yeah, and those analog synths, they, uh, the, the cliche is to call them warmer sounding, but they do have a more organic sound than the harshness that digital synths can produce sometimes. And also at the same time, you can move around on stage with the guitar in your hands, but the ease of uh, synthesizers, it's not always easy to use, especially not the older analog gear. So don't cut yourself short. It's not uh, easy, as I know from experience. <laughs> yeah. Syncing it all up, getting everything to work, and uh, takes a lot of uh, preparation, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having been a bass player for some time, I always uh, was ready with my setup in about uh, three minutes. Nice. And then um, I sat down and I started smiling at the guitar player, the synth player and the, the drummer, mm-hmm. <laughs> who were <laughs> only three mon- minutes into their 25-minute routine in order to be able to uh, to play. Yeah, yeah. life is good when you're playing the bass guitar. <laughs> so coming from this uh, recent work, from the embassy of the Ambassade. I want to take it back to uh, a song. Let's listen to it. It's The Passions that I'm talking about. And the song is called I'm in love with a German film star from 1981. Oh yeah, I love that. Great. (laughs) I love it.
Jeroen, I'm not sure if it's me, but that bass definitely sounds distorted in this track. Well, it could be you. I've listened to it on multiple devices and uh, and carriers like uh, records and also streaming, but it sounds a bit oversteered, but it doesn't get in the way of uh, me enjoying it, that's for sure. No, I think what you're hearing is it's uh, probably a tube amp that they're using. Oh, could be. It's this, this sort of, uh, that you get with the bulbs. Right? That's the sort of sound that you're hearing. That could be the case, but um, I don't want to be uh, too much of an audiophile, so let's just uh, continue to talk about the music. So before I started it, you recognized it, and you said, oh yes, nice, you, you've been... Uh, yeah, I couldn't wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I already hit play, and then I said, yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's a great track. It's also been, been covered by many bands later on, uh, so you already knew this then? or The Passions, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the only song that I know by the Passions, and I think pretty much everybody. Yep. Let me check that out. That's uh, that's prob that's probably true. That's probably <laughs> true. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so this song has like five million plays, and then the next one has sixty-two thousand. So yeah. Exactly. So let me tell you a bit about the Passions for people that don't know them yet. They were a West London band of the late 80s and uh, late 70s and early 80s, and the Passions evolved from their previous band, the Derelicts. I have never heard of them, in all honesty. They were also signed to Fiction Records, that's uh -huh. definitely a label that we know, yep. together with The Cure. And also they were on Polydor, so not the least of uh, record labels. Big labels with plenty of promotion power, I would think. I own all three of their albums, but it is a bit of a mystery as to why they were so soon forgotten if you listen to their music. Their debut album, Michael and Miranda, showed their signature sound and potential early on. I'm talking about ringing echoed guitars and great vocals. And the Passions had a two-boy, two-girl lineup. At the time, there weren't many post-punk bands that had that specific mix. Uh, they toured Britain and Europe extensively and also performed in America during 1983, which was their final year of existence. Anyway, lagging album sales and explosive personal relationships caused them to implode on their return to Britain after their US tour. Their main accomplishment is the album 30,000 Feet Over China, and they had one hit, yes, it's this one, also from that same album. They are what you can call a one-hit wonder band, unfortunately. In the last few years, there's been an increasing interest in the band, an ever-growing collection of cover versions of a German film star. At least a dozen to date, including the Foo Fighters, the Pet Shop Boys with Sam Taylorwood and Dubstar covered this track by The Passions. I think uh, Chris Perry, who started Fiction Records, stole this brand from Polydor, where he used to work. Ah. He probably uh, took them in from Polydor because he needed a couple of acts for his uh, new label. He was uh, taking a gamble, obviously, on a, a completely unknown band from London called The Cure. <laughs> and he probably needed a couple of bigger names <laughs> to hedge his bets. Yes, yes. <laughs> so that must probably have been uh, how that worked with uh, Fiction Records and uh, this band, The Passions. That's in that interesting stuff. Eye for talent, at least. Yeah, yeah. So what else do we have uh, on our uh, stack of records for today, Jeroen? Something new. Well, we've we've, we've been um, you know relapsing to uh, back to our comfort zone in 1981. I want to talk to you uh, about uh, another Insta Outcast. Insta Outcast. South London's Wooloo refreshingly bridges worlds of music like no other. In his work, I hear influences of lo-fi, psychedelic guitars, and alternative hip hop. But really, this is what I consider the latest evolution of post-punk. You see, sometimes people may think that this genre is not innovating, not finding new frontiers, new relevance. And yes, I admit we kicked off this episode by indulging in a feel-good Tears for Fears throwback that many listeners will have recognized. And we just played a track from 1981, but there is more to post-punk than playing 80s songs 40 years later. This is what happens when hip-hop and post-punk get cozy and end up with a love child. This is Wulu's latest single. This is a track that was released this year. 2021, only five weeks ago. This is South.
mean I relevant in the list. Two five four, no even more than my history. No laws we whispered to on floors, made a prison, no forgiveness for everything but the soul's a bloody mystery. And there's lower palms swept away by the furnace. Never seen a city burn alert, learn to worship the dust, cop overflowing bricks, we deserved it. We heard you, but did we keep the church with the service? Sermons feeding further away from my verbiage, I'm hurting. When I'm clapping back on my stern and it's smirking me, I respect the urgency, honestly. If it cracks the spirit of a lion, it preserves it. I'm afraid that they ain't today or another jar. Cover me and whatever will need to be covered, cover everything. But I'm in need of my boy. City in my pocket, clutching at my stomach. Damn, what an adventure. It is an adventure. <laughs> It uh, made me think about Cypress Hill. You remember those? Oh, yeah, yeah. They I did hip-hop, but also uh, mixed it in with rock later on. Interesting track. Maybe a bit too much going on or crammed into one track for me to enjoy it on the first listen. But I kind of like tracks like that, that um, keep me coming back. And I will probably uh, listen more and uh, it will evolve into a track that I really like. Definitely uh, triggered me with this. How did you come across this? You know that for this show, I listen to thousands of tracks every two weeks just to pick the most unique, original and innovative tracks alongside the classics that we play. And this is quite new through Insta. I found my way to uh, Hulu and Lex Armour. I do think that this underground London scene is very interesting. Something that harkens back in my association to uh, The Clash, Brixton Residents, and remember the Guns of Brixton, if you don't, we're going to play that sometime soon. Mm -hmm. This is the uh, the underground scene in London right now, and the status of Wulu in the community uh, apparently is uh, quite legendary. He uh, regularly plays iconic institutions like the Windmill in Brixton, and Wulu is as important to London's soundscape as the venues he plays in. His undisputed roots in the city scenes are highlighted through affiliations with other members of the London musical movement that dare to defy borders. Post-punk, the alternative music scene, they're alive and kicking in South London. Hence, South by Wulu. Cool. Let me just introduce the next track by talking and then we can uh, listen to it if that's okay. Sure. It's another one from, from the 80s, from 1985, this one. Uh, the band is called Community FK. It's a band that was formed in 1978 by the singer Patrick Mata during the big punk explosion in Los Angeles. And Patrick was influenced by musicians like Robin Gristle, we've covered them earlier, David Bowie and also Joy Division. Uh, though initially named Community Fuck, they <laughs> soon shortened their band name. The name was inspired out of frustration because talent scouts of record labels were constantly giving Patrick the cold shoulder. Because in the late 70s, there was no such thing as goth or industrial type music. The sound was brand new and Patrick's vision was new and the music was raw. So he basically paved the way for many more artists that would become great in the goth genre. After years of hard work and trying to get noticed by label owners and scouts, in 1983 they released their first album, The Vision and The Voice. However, it wasn't until 1985 that they got significant attention with their second album. They also had a video clip of the song we're about to play, Something Inside Me Has Died, and that got plenty of airplay on MTV. And throughout his musical career, Patrick has attracted much people like Phil Spector, who jumped up on the stage in 1975 when Patrick was performing with a previous band. Also, he was a big influence on Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction. There's an extensive part on this in Farrell's biography, and Farrell was a big fan of Patrick's musical style and appearance. He was even asked by Vogue magazine for a fashion shoot. <laughs> so imagine a pale-faced guy, scrawny guy with uh, black hair, a lot of makeup, a lot of uh, clothing that nobody's ever seen on a man. <laughs> so definitely interesting. I'm gonna need to see a picture here. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 place a picture on our uh, on our website, theinfected.nl, in our show notes, so uh, so everybody can have a look. Oh wow, this guy is something else. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So to wrap this up, um, since their incarnation, they have released four studio albums and uh, the latest one was uh, a couple of years back in 2015. So in all their existence, Community FK have performed with Public Image Limited, Killing Joke, uh, Nick Cave, Modern English, so quite well-known uh, acts. 
And to be honest, I did not know Community FK until a couple of weeks ago when I came across it on YouTube. I should have known them, but uh, let me uh, introduce them to our listeners as well. This is Community FK with their biggest hit, Something Inside Me Has Died. So again, this is an early 80s track? This is 1985. So that's from their second album. Okay. It sounds like it could have been from the grunge period as well. Yeah, true. They must have inspired a bunch of those guys. The, the song starts off quite soft and then uh, rips rips away. Yeah, the dynamics are there. And um, um, there is a, a hint of uh, Lane Staley in the, in the singer's voice. I guess Lane uh, listened to this guy. Uh, definitely uh, must have been an inspiration for him. Could be, yeah. What did you think about the the bass loop in the beginning? As a bass man, bass head. I really love the bass sound, and what I like about this band is that they give the bass some space, melodic in the lower end of the spectrum. Right. The guitars are powerful, uh, but they stay away from from the low end of the of the scale, so that this can be a track which makes use of all the instruments without sounding crowded. Each is powerful in their own way. Mm-hmm. It's a very clean bass sound as well. It's just a joy to listen to, right? This makes me smile when I when I hear a bass guitar player like this. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And this is basically the sweet spot of all the music that I really like, like the common theme in everything that I like is exactly this. It was uh, amazing to find something, to unearth something like this that you really love and haven't heard before. Well, I have visited so many record stores, did so much search online, and then you come across uh, something like this. It was a really cool find. And isn't it surprising that after all this time, when you find something, it can be quality like this. Not something mm -hmm. reject, be great, filler, but really interesting music. Yeah, true. And this also brings us to the end of our episode, this final track. But not before we end our show with our popular 8-bit minute, of course. So if you can recognize the artist and track, send us a message via our website, theinfected.nl. At the end of the season, the best listener wins a luxury back-printed The Infected t-shirt. And before we play the 8-bit track of this week, we'd like to thank you for listening. Subscribe to our podcast, if you will. It can also be done via our website. And you will also find all the show notes of past episodes there. Playlists in the spirit of The Infected with all the songs we've ever played on the show and much, much more. Or just get in touch, come say hi or suggest a track. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and on to the competition. 8 bit minute. 8 bit minute. 8 bit minute. This is this week's 8 bit minute. Good night. <laughs>